0: Welcome to The Square, your podcast from the Iowa League of Cities, bringing you current and important topics from around the state to your town square. With our hosts, Mickey Shields, the Director of Membership Services, and Katie Wheeler, the League's Business Relations Coordinator. Our hosts bring you topics that matter to your town square.
1: Welcome back to The Square, Mickey.
0: Welcome back to you. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing good. Uh, summer is almost here. Yes. <laughs> so excited. As we're recording, I think we have two weeks left of school on our end, and we are more than ready. I'm yeah. thankful we've had a year, though. Like, we've yes. so thankful we've gotten the school year in, but right, summer's right. always I'm not fun. sure our
0: kids would say the same thing, but you know.
1: You know right. Yes, I do. apologize to
0: totally. the teachers, but they are counting the days. But you know what? I'm guessing the teachers are, too.
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I
0: think everybody's ready for summer. Yes. But yeah, It's been a good school year, despite all the challenges, and definitely happy that everything got done and we're getting done. And, uh, but summer is approaching, and that's always a fun time for everybody. And it's League of Cities. That also means a couple of events, big ones for us. Um, first of all, I want to talk about our annual golf fundraiser, which is going to be held june 11 in ankeny at otter creek golf course which is a municipal golf course that's so really a really nice one there in ankeny and katie you're in charge of that whole show so what uh, what do you want the listeners to know about it
1: it's a good cause and it's a good excuse to get outside and network with people that you haven't seen in a while so uh, right. the yep the proceeds go to the tim shields endowment fund which um Really, we use the funds for training, for leadership training around the state. So it's a good cause. definitely something that everybody needs. And so it'll be a good Absolutely. event. We're going to have some really good prizes. Yeah. So that's always fun, too. So, I heard
0: there's going to be a big prize package.
1: Yes. Yep. Yeah. And we were waiting to decide where it is until after we finish recording this episode.
0: Right. right. Just, we might, might have yes. a little a trip for a special winner.
1: Yeah,
0: Yeah. so that's again, June 11th, you can register yourself or a full team of four it's a it's a four person uh, best shot tournament, scramble um, it starts at noon and again, we're in Ankeny at Auto Creek Golf Course, so check it out, get a team registered we'd love to see everybody from around the state participate, uh, it's been a it's, we had a miss last year, of course, because of the pandemic uh, so hopefully we get a, a big turnout this year, I think things are slowly getting back to normal and especially things outdoors uh, feel pretty safe holding, posting and mm-hmm. like that. So, you know, as always, fingers crossed that we'll have some good weather that day.
1: Yes. Yep. And then we also have our small city workshops coming up this summer as well. They happen in June and I believe there it's at four different locations around the state. And then we're having one virtual option as well. So what's okay. the topic on that Mickey?
0: Yeah, this year we're talking about uh, financing infrastructure projects, which is always a big deal. And then it actually timed up really well with just all the um, uh, yes. federal stimulus money coming out through the American Rescue Plan, which we're still trying to sort through, like all the local government mm-hmm. folks out there across the country and, and exactly what the funds can be used for. But at, as of this recording, it's still a little bit unclear, but we are we know that there's uh, some different types of infrastructure, city infrastructure, such as water and wastewater. Facilities uh, are going to, be, going to be included. We're hoping that uh, the rules can be interpreted to mean that road infrastructure will be included on that list. But so again, as of this recording, we don't—we're not quite sure on that. But mm-hmm. uh, the workshops will be covering uh, strategies for financing really important infrastructure projects. So hopefully, we get a lot of people out to because that is a big issue for a lot of our cities, especially our smaller towns.
1: Yeah, that'll be a good event to kind of hear exactly what's going on and get some education in that area. So I encourage everybody to get signed up for that. There's more information about that on our website also. That's and right. then the other big thing that we have going on, which I personally am way excited about, is we're having our conference in person this year, our um, annual conference and exhibit. And registration opens the beginning of June. And yeah. It will be great. It's in Coralville this year, which is where we were going to be in 2020. So we're excited to get there.
0: Absolutely. So June 1 is the registration uh, date. Uh, That's when everybody can start getting into the conference. And as Katie said, uh, very excited to be back in Coralville. It has been uh, now 11 years. It's been 10 years in 2020 if we were able to hold it last year as planned. To, to be there, our theme of the conference is Camp Corville. So, if you mm-hmm. want to see lead staff and our finest camping wear, please join us. Um, I'm sure the exhibit hall will be very fun. There's going to be a lot of camping uh, uh, setups, as you might say. Um, now, I'm not much of a camper, so Katie, you're going to take lead on
1: that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and you know what's funny is that we were both like 15 when we were there last time. It's weird to think 11 years ago we were there. 15. <laughs> yep. Yeah, right. yeah. It's been a while, but yeah. we were we were so young then. I like
0: your math, yeah. <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, it'll be fun though. So t- again, check it out online. Uh, www.iowaleague.org where you can get all information on that. We'll be releasing uh, soon also the schedule of, a, of the workshops and general sessions and all the fun activities that we do in conjunction with our conference as well. we'll get all that information out there really soon.
1: Yes. So uh,
0: for this episode, again, we kind of kicked it off with uh, talking about summer, and we're going to focus in on uh, some of our summer vacations, summer trips. Um, it's, just, it's, a, it's a good time of the year to start thinking about that, and I think a lot of folks probably held off on some of their normal summer travel last year, and, and the fall and the winter because of uh, the pandemic concerns. But again, I think we're starting to get to the to some Sense of normalcy, thankfully. And I think a lot of people have got some pent up travel uh, needs and and wants. And so that's what we wanted to talk about. And so we're happy to have Amy Ziegler, uh, the state tourism manager with the Iowa Tourism Office, uh, join the square. Amy, welcome. How are you doing?
2: I'm great. How are you guys? We're doing well. Good. We're excited to have you today. Thank you. I'm excited to be
0: here. Yeah. First of all, a little bit about your background, uh, where you grew up, went to school, and uh, how did you land at the Iowa Tourism Office?
2: Sure. Um, so I am a lifelong Iowan, born and raised in Iowa. I grew up on a dairy farm um, in northeast Iowa, very ti- between two very tiny towns of St. Lucas and Wacoma, um, oh, yeah. so very small towns. Uh, Grew up there, went to Turkey Valley High School, shout out to my Trojans. Nice. (laughs) Uh, And then uh, I went to, I crossed the state for college. So I went over to Storm Lake and went to Buena Vista University. Uh, So graduated from BV um, with a degree in media studies and corporate communications and moved to Des Moines to find a job. Mm -hmm. Um, And worked in marketing and insurance, like a lot of people do in Des Moines, working in that finance and insurance field. um, And got the opportunity in 2012 to join the Iowa Tourism Office as the digital marketing manager and really focus on our website and email properties and digital advertising. Uh, From there, um, I kind of grew the role and learned more and more about it. And in January, I was named the estate tourism manager. So I've been in this role for just about five months. (laughs) Wow,
0: that's cool. It sounds to me like I've always thought working at the Iowa Tourism Office has got to be one of the best state government gigs around. It is.
2: It is so (laughs) fun. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, perhaps I am biased, but it is one of the most fun jobs you can do in government. Uh, It Really just thinking about how, because it's all about marketing and promotion. It's how can we inspire people to live, work, and play in Iowa?
0: Absolutely. Well, let me just say you guys do a wonderful job for many years. Um, I've always been impressed by the materials you put out, of course, the annual brochure, the mm-hmm. website. I, it's, um, it's just always, it's, even as I've lived in Iowa my entire life, so with Katie, and sometimes even for Iowans we overlook some of the great the uh, places we have. Yeah. That, I always love getting that annual reminder from you guys. It's, mm-hmm. like, oh, it's actually,
2: yeah. we do two um, travel guides each year now. We started mm-hmm. that in 2020. So we have our spring summer guide that comes out in January, February-ish. And then we'll have a fall and winter guide coming out this September.
3: Good.
0: That's perfect, actually. Cool. That's one of the things about Iowa, you get all four seasons, right? Exactly.
2: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we know it's impossible to name all the wonderful attractions around Iowa. That people should visit, but uh, do you have a couple in mind that you could share with our listeners?
2: Oh, it 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 truly is like choosing your favorite child um, <laughs> when you talk about all of the wonderful tourism attractions and events across the state. But I do think there are some places that hold a little bit more memory for me um, than others. Mm-hmm. I think about my. I think my very first um, kind of tourism. Um, The first attraction I visited in Iowa was the Laura Ingalls Wilder Museum in Baroque, and I I love those books. It it was just amazing that like you could go somewhere and learn more about it, and that is probably my very first memory. I think I was five, Um, but like from there, like Field of Dreams, we would go um, as a family and play baseball in the Field of Dreams and go to the Mississippi River and kind of explore those. Marquette and McGregor areas. Um, in college, we did a lot of Okaboji trips, uh, yeah. where I would, I would live in Storm Lake in the summer um, and go up to Okaboji during the summer and hang out there. Um, I think Kings Point. Speaking of of Storm Lake, uh, Kings Point Resort. Um, my wedding was actually the very first wedding.
1: Oh, oh that's wow. so cool. Yeah, yeah, it's
2: really cool. So, I mean, I think there's just so many connections and memories for me from a tourism perspective, and probably lots of other people have this, too, um, that it really makes this role very special.
0: Yeah. Katie, how about you?
1: My favorite? I love the Mississippi. So I love, like, the Dubuque area, like Maquoketa Caves mm-hmm. over there. Um, we have... Some camping trips planned. We are going to Redhaw, which yeah. is in, I think it's in Sheraton, right? I'm pretty yeah. confident. Yeah. I know it is. I'm pretty sure. You certain. might want to
0: look that up before you go. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: You know, just the day of. We just do a little <laughs> right, map. Right. Hey, some
0: uh, people do that. They just say, going to find a campsite tonight, I haven't been to. Awesome.
1: Yes, yeah, so we go there with some friends and we like it there. And same with like the Clear Lake area. We've been there several different times i kind of we grew up going there so that's always you know like you mentioned amy just a a good memory because i grew up going there a lot um and then honestly like so many things even just around the des moines area we love to do also so yeah what about you mickey yeah
0: it's the same thing a lot of it is from childhood memories, going to like Lake Okoboji. We always did a summer trip up there when I was a kid. Um, and then Honey Creek Resort, actually, people need to get to that. It's kind of yes off the, off the regular map, you, you could say, but it's uh, a really nice area and uh, actually got engaged down there. Yeah. <laughs> so it's got a special place, mm-hmm. of special yeah. memory. Um, northeast Iowa is just a beautiful part of the state for sure. Um, Decora area, Upper Iowa River. Spent a lot of time up there over the years. Um, you know the low hills, west hills. Uh, you get different pronunciations now. I don't want to offend anybody, especially <laughs> our Western <laughs> Iowa friends. But um, that's actually one of those areas too that's kind of un- very unique uh, to our state. Um, anyone who thinks Iowa is a flat state needs to go <laughs> go to the low hills and low yeah. or west hills and check that out. It's really interesting. Uh, so. There's a ton of great places. And the other thing, too, that I mean, I, I grew up in southeast Iowa, so going down to Mississippi, like you guys said, uh, some of those river towns are just really fascinating. So, you know, some of the old cities in Iowa are on that Mississippi mm-hmm. River. And you can look at stuff, as a city government guy it's kind of revealed my background. But like looking at the, the way the streets were, were built and the way the, the neighborhoods were designed is definitely different than what you see today. Pretty unique. And um, it's kind of like a trip back in time really cool historic areas along, along the river so it's it's one of those things where like i'm i feel like uh, our family we're still exploring <laughs> you know been here for mm-hmm. i don't want to age myself but 40 years plus <laughs> and uh it's still you're still finding you know you talk to people and say go check this out go check that out you're like wow that's pretty cool you know I didn't really even know that existed how did i not know that but, uh, there's so many unique little things in Iowa to go check out
2: it, 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 Iowa is probably one of the states that has the most kind of off-the-beaten-path attractions and things to do. I mm-hmm. totally agree with you. Um, and just a trick for you, LUS rhymes with bus. That's what we always say in ah. our <laughs> <laughs> Um But if you haven't visited the Hitchcock Nature Center uh, out near Honey Creek, um, Honey Creek, Iowa, not Honey Creek Resort yeah, Western Iowa, They do a great, their naturalists will kind of give you a tour and explain kind of the history of the Less Hills and how it was developed into just this nature um, area. It's really cool. Highly
0: recommend. Very good. Add that to the list, folks. Yes. Really neat out there. So the other thing, too, we wanted to ask you about this, because I think as Iowans, we know this. We know we're a flyover state, you know. And I think if you talk to people from other parts of the country. The, the I don't outside... think you're
1: supposed to say that to the tourism. <laughs> I'm just saying, we,
0: okay, let's be honest. We know what we okay. but, but at the same time, like the outside perception is that like Iowa, is, there's nowhere to visit. We don't have mountains or beaches or Disneyland or something like that. But so in the Iowa Tourism Office, at the same time, we all know there's all these really great places. And so how do you work to kind of overcome that perception? Uh, for both people that live here or folks that uh, from out of state are going to visit? Or yeah, visit. I
2: think that's, that's a really good question. And it, it's the challenge that we have um, in our office. Um, I do think we've done lots of research over the last four or five years about perceptions of Iowa. And as far as not just from a tourism perspective, but also from a workforce perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we have found is that people outside of Iowa don't necessarily have negative perceptions of Iowa They just don't have a perception at all. They don't really know what to think. They're just like, yep, it's a state. And that's kind of the limit of their knowledge, um, which is a good and bad thing. I mean, I think it's good that we don't have to overcome the negative perceptions that other states may have, um, but it is also a challenge to kind of break through the clutter and help them understand here are the assets that Iowa does have. And I do think, uh, I mean, kind of speaking of the we don't have mountains, we don't have beaches, that kind of thing. Uh, I think in the last year, if we have learned nothing, I think we have learned that you really don't need to go big to make great mm-hmm. with your family. Yeah. Uh, and I think there's just this pent up demand right now of, you know, I, I just want to go somewhere. I don't need to go far, but I need to get out of my house <laughs> yeah. I need to see other people. And I just want to do something that isn't, isn't like work around the house or gardening or walking to the park with my family. And I think, I think Iowa is really well positioned in 2021 to kind of come back from pandemic stuff um, and get people out there.
0: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And that is interesting about the outside perceptions too, because I feel like in my experience that it's not really a negative thing. It's just, Mm -hmm. there's not a lot of knowledge of what Iowa has from a tourism standpoint or just living here standpoint, what it's like. And I, you know, I I I love tooting the Iowa horn in terms of like we have just amazing quality of life. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very good place to live. It's affordable, and once you get here, there are within pretty easy drives a whole bunch of things to do, and it's yeah. going to be rel- relatively cheap.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think um, we were talking a bit before about the whitewater opportunities um, mm-hmm. and how like so people in Denver have to drive two hours to get yeah. to the whitewater opportunities where uh, like you can be done at five with your job, go get your stuff out. And if you're in Charles city, you're on the water in 20 minutes. Right. It's mm-hmm. just proximity to those kinds of opportunities like whitewater, like rock climbing, like mountain biking. The trail system in Iowa is just phenomenal uh, with just the rail trails that we have all across the state. Uh, it it's just, it's everywhere. You don't have to go to one specific location to do those kinds of things.
0: That's so true. And water trails as well. Those are mm-hmm. getting developed as we speak. That's just another way to kind of get into just a natural setting that I mm-hmm. think a lot of people enjoy. And again, relatively cheap. I mean, it doesn't take it a whole lot to put together a quick little trip. And, and really enjoy it. So mm-hmm. that's that's the part, again, it's, it's like if you live here, you can almost take it for granted. It's like this is just mm-hmm. what we grew up with. But it's actually a pretty special thing. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, Katie, where are
1: you going to go next? Oh, it's, I sure can, yeah. All right, Amy, for our city officials listening, what can they do to enhance tourism in their community and maybe even... Make it on the map. Make it on your list of favorites.
2: Yes, I would love to have more more favorites added to the list. Um, I think it's really looking at what are your assets, what do you have in your community um, that you can really uh, make something special, and even looking at what may be perceived as negative and turning that into a positive. Um, One really interesting story that came through during the pandemic. Uh, I don't know if either of you have heard about the Kingsley Inn in Fort Madison. I'm not sure. If Maybe. No, I have that. not. i adding it to my list, Amy. <laughs> and um, one of the challenges they have is that they're right next to a very, very busy railroad. Um, it looks out over to the, on the Mississippi, but it's very busy. They got a lot of comments about how I can't sleep at night. There's too many trains, all of that kind of stuff. So during the pandemic, Uh, when they kind of had to shut down and they weren't having a lot of guests, what they did was they put up a live cam of the railroad. So people around the world started tuning in to this hotel's live cam to watch trains go by. And that has really turned into this international kind of draw for people from Germany, from England. They're, They're booking stays at the Kingsley Inn because they watched it online. And they're like, I need to go see this in person. Um, so that's like just one example of a community that has taken what could be perceived as a negative and found a market and a niche um, to grow tourism in their area.
0: Right. That is such a good lesson. I hope all of our city listeners, city government folks listening to this, take that to heart. And that is taking stock of your assets, your inventory, so to speak, Um uh, Because you you may be surprised, again, a lifelong resident, uh, you know, that's a mayor or a council member or a city clerk or city manager or somebody like that may just kind of take something locally for granted. And it's actually a pretty cool thing that people may want to visit. Uh, So don't take it for granted and, and really... The work, and I'm sure they can contact your office for a little guidance yes, as well, right?
2: Absolutely, yeah. I, I think a couple of other communities that are doing really great work as far as kind of this creative place making aspect of things, um, dizer is doing really cool things. Like, have you seen the the gorge on their main street where they yeah. paint that? I don't even an anamorphic something. I, I can't remember the exact word. Right. Um, where you stand on the edge of a painted gorge. Uh, And they're doing more throughout the community. I think they have a koi pond um, in their park. Mm -hmm. Their bike trail has some really cool things. Uh, And then Jefferson is doing really great stuff. Uh, They have the Mahaney Bell Tower. uh, And what they've done, another opportunity, they're like, well, if people are going up into the tower, let's give them something to look at. So they're painting murals on the roofs of the buildings. Um, and just creating another tourism opportunity and something for people to see. Right. You can ask they already had.
0: Yeah. That's, that's so creative.
2: Yeah. I love that.
0: Yeah. Well, that's again, if we're folks listening in on this, um, first of all, go through the list, visit all these places this summer. <laughs> you can do it. Uh, but also if you're working with your city, uh, always be mindful of the things that you have locally that that can really help you stand out and, not just from a tourism standpoint, something that's a quality of life asset for your residents, your business owners, Mm -hmm. that they can be proud of and support. Um, That's what makes our community so unique and strong.
2: Yes, we've done lots of research too about how tourism is kind of the first step in when you're thinking about moving somewhere. Um, I think the stats from a couple of years ago, we asked our panel of people, have you seriously considered moving somewhere after visiting? And, like, two-thirds of people do. Wow. And if you think about that, like, the first step in getting even on to, like, the consideration set, you need to get them to visit. So having those attractions and that, yes, it is a tourist attraction, but, yes, it is absolutely also quality of life for your residents, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it can be an eye-opener. And um, it's, it's, uh, it's again, there's so many wonderful communities around the state, so many great places to visit. So, Keep up the great work, Amy. We really appreciate you coming on the square and sharing your thoughts. And it was great to meet you uh, virtually and and learn more about what you all do there and and hear uh, more about your background.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Yes. Get out and travel Iowa this summer. (laughs) Thank you.
1: All right. Next, Mickey, we are joined by Dustin Leo of McClure, which is one of the league's community alliance partner programs. We're excited to have Dustin on today. Dustin, welcome. Uh, We kind of want to hear more about McClure and what your role is at at the firm.
3: Sure. Um, So my role at the firm is I'm our executive vice president, um, which basically means I work with our different teams our vice presidents of our different teams uh, to support them in any way I can. Um, remove obstacles so that uh, their teams can continue to grow and, and provide them resources, help them recruit talent, things like that. Um, we have six different teams within our organization that I support. Uh, one is our water team, which is provides water and wastewater um, engineering. We have a community development team, which I know you guys talked a little bit about tourism. We do have a couple projects that are pretty interesting that I can with them um, our transportation team which does obviously roads municipal engineering but also bridges and aviation work um, a structural team that uh, really is a team that takes us nationwide we worked in 48 states uh, with them really really interesting projects um, a land development team uh, which includes landscape architecture and then our survey team you know we've got a 40 member survey team here in the states. I basically work with them every day to um, make sure that uh, they're on track, and if there's anything they need to be successful, we're getting it. Well,
1: wow, you guys are busy.
3: Very. So, how did
0: you uh, land at McClure? What's what's your background like?
3: Um, so, my background, actually, I spent most of my uh, first 10 years of my career doing mostly airport work, uh, designing oh. airports throughout Iowa and Missouri. Um, nice. About four or five years ago, uh, I started doing uh, private sector land development, just me and uh, some family and friends. And I got into it and uh, fell in love with it. Um, first project uh, I ever got into was actually developing a storage facility. And you would think just building little metal buildings isn't fun, but I really had a blast, so fell in love with huh. it. Um, I knew Terry Lutz, our CEO, for some time, in fact, Terry had been bugging me to come join us for shoot about 10 years. And because of uh, my affinity for, new found affinity for land development, uh, him and I finally connected and, and uh, I wanted to see what we could do together. So I joined the team here originally. I stepped in as our vice president of our land development team, getting away from the public sector side. Um, and I spent about, 10 months running that team. And at the end of the year, they asked me to the executive vice president role. So, okay. yeah, but going from airports and dealing with uh, uh, the FAA to dealing with private sector developers is a totally different world. But it's been very yeah. interesting.
0: Huh. Yeah, I'm sure. But it gives you uh, quite a bit of a, a perspective on. You
3: know, yeah, kind of a broad range of, of different yeah. Uh, engineering.
0: Yeah. So um, speaking of projects, what's some of the things that McClure's been working on here lately?
3: You know, we've been incredibly busy. Um, I can give you a couple examples of projects that uh, we're either just finishing up or working on. Um, you know, our water team, uh, they just finished a uh, reverse osmosis water treatment plant uh, in Fort Dodge. I think it just came online here last month, actually. It's the largest uh, RO plant in the state of Iowa. It's got a 13 and a half million gallon per day capacity. It's been a really fun project and a great partner to work with. Um, our structural team is, uh, like I said, they do some of the coolest projects or are involved in some of the coolest projects. One of which is working on the uh, George Lucas Museum of Narrative Arts in Los Angeles, California. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. Have you guys seen that building? Not yet. But gonna look you it should Google now. it and see what this <laughs> building looks like. So we're doing the exterior cladding, which is the curved steel on the outside. I mean, it looks like, you know, one of the, the ships from the movies, Star Wars movies. It's it's a really, really cool project. We're excited for oh this because we want to fly our team out there and go see it um, in person.
1: Mickey and I. I yeah. You? yeah. <laughs> we
3: should do it. You know, we should bring some... <laughs> get uh, City members out there, that'd be kind of fun. Um, our transportation team has been you know, busy. I, I think they were probably impacted the most um, throughout the pandemic, but our aviation team has never really been busier. You know, we're working at 25 airports in the state of Iowa right now. Uh, we did seven runway rehab or reconstruction projects last year. So they've been incredibly busy. Um, our survey team, a uh, really, really big project they've been involved with is that I-80, 380 um, flyover in Iowa City. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to drive that yet. But oh, yeah, several times. Yeah. Those are, you know, those are interesting survey projects. They're really, really fun and really, really cool. But we all know what happened in Ames. And we wanted to make sure that wasn't going to happen with us there. So that's a project we paid a lot of attention to. And then one that I, a project that I'd highlight from our development team that I think is unique about our company is and I'll go back to Fort Dodge with this is um, we're working with the city there on um, basically taking the mall site and um, engineering it into something different, changing its use, making it an attraction to the city. We know mall sites across the country are dying, and the city came to us and said, "Hey we want to figure out how to develop this into something else." it's it's just not working structurally it's unsound. sound um, we think there's an opportunity with this real estate here to turn into something uh, more fun and exciting so we help them take a look at it from a developer's perspective come up with a um, sort of a public-private partnership in and in a funding package that would attract developers and then brought a developer in to invest in the community um, and help develop it hopefully into um, an area that will not only attract more citizens, but bring in more tax dollars to the city and help them reinvest that elsewhere. So we've got a lot of fun stuff. I mean, that's just a, a fraction of what we've had going on right now, but yeah. we've got quite a bit of, of fun projects happening, uh, even in this, uh, even though that, we, that we've been in the middle of this pandemic for the last year. Mm-hmm. Cool,
1: do you what? have a project you've worked on? What's that? Do you have a favorite project that you've worked on?
3: Yeah. You know, for me, the, the, the four Dodge mall project has really been a fun project. Um, I, the role I'm in now, you know, I was in the development vice president role at that time, the role I'm in now, I'm, I'm very much across all teams and kind of touch a little bit of every project. Not, I shouldn't say every project, but a little bit of a little bit of the projects we're involved in. Um, I really focus a lot on, on making sure that we're developing relationships and we're delivering and, and we're giving our clients the experience they expect when they're working with us. But from a project standpoint, one that I've really enjoyed seeing the deal put together on was the, was the Ford Dodge Mall. It's being able to put ourselves in the shoes of the city, asking what would I want if I was them and putting a, a package together that made sense.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I
3: thought that was very interesting. And is
1: that one done or is it still in the works?
3: That one is still in the works. So about half the wall is torn down. Uh, they, they've got about three or four different, um, you know, there's a unity point going there. Uh, there's a discount tire going there. There's a number of other pieces of property under contract. There's roads being built. Parking lots been torn out on a lot of it. They're creating new sites for people to come invest. We actually helped the city um, just apply for some state money. Um, to build a really cool outdoor um, area where, you know, maybe a farmer's market could be and, and where other um, attractions could be put to make sure that it's a, a community gathering place. So, and, and, you know, one other project I would highlight that I got to be involved just very barely on the very tail end is development. Um, you know, Bethany Wilcoxon has been leading us there, but we were part of a project or a part of a project that's ongoing called um, Imagine Great Lakes up in Okaboji. Um, 20 million dollar beautification project for that area that was completely privately funded. Uh, and there's a there's a piece coming out here soon, which is a public art component that's going to be very very unique to the state of Iowa. So when you reached out and said that there was some tourism part of it, that that was one project that I thought about that is very very unique to the state of Iowa. Huh. Looks like we have to go to Okaboji
0: too. Okay. Yeah.
3: we're gonna get you guys on the plane and take you all over the place (laughs) (laughs) sounds good to us
1: yeah it just that's already a great area it just makes it even more yeah spectacular it's
3: it's cool seeing um, what I go back to is 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 having an understanding of public and private partnerships and financing is something that I think you know based on other experience I have at other firms uh, something that's different about us you know, we have uh, Terry Lutz was a former mayor. You guys mentioned Manny earlier, was a former city manager. We've had finance directors work with us. Um, our We have a unique understanding of both public and private finance and how to get those two um, sectors to work together to make projects happen that otherwise wouldn't happen a lot of times.
0: Yeah, that's so true and that's what we see. That's what we talk to our cities about all the time is it takes a lot of people to get a big project done or a small project done for that matter. You've, you've got to plan it out well. You've got to communicate. You've got to get feedback from your citizens and your business community to figure out what's really wanted and needed. What to, what will they support? And, and then you've, you've got to work with engineers. You've got to really – it takes a lot of work, but it's worth it. And I think um, you know, the, the projects that we see around the state are, are living proof of that
3: absolutely i could not agree more
0: so one thing we wanted to wrap up is this the the general theme of this episode is travel and tourism so around the state of iowa do you have any favorite spots to share with the listeners
3: you know for me personally just in general you're saying
0: Mm -hmm. yeah oh yeah yeah
3: yeah absolutely um yeah i I love Okaboji. um Mm -hmm. You know that's something where uh, we we try to get up to about once a year. I think it's a great place. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife went to Iowa, so we spent time in in Iowa City, and I went to Ames. So we try to get to one football game each or so a year. Enjoy nice. doing that. Um, but my favorite place in the entire state of Iowa, I'm a golfer, mm-hmm. uh, is the Harvester. I don't know if you've oh heard yeah. Of it. So I uh, love going out there to play golf. It's just absolutely gorgeous out there. And it is, for people that don't know about it, um, I personally think it's the greatest golf course in the Midwest. Yeah. So very unique to our state.
0: It is. It's usually rated in the top one, two, or three, somewhere in there.
3: Yeah, yeah. it's way up there. You so, um, must be
0: a pretty good golfer, though.
3: I, I used to be. I used to be. <laughs> the one time game game. I played
0: it, it was yeah. beautiful, but a uh, painful experience.
3: It, <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's and, not uh, easy I'll tell you something Terry always tells me. I, I used to be a good golfer. And then I came and work for him yeah. here in the corner, And he said that uh, your your engineering business and your golf game are inversely proportional. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> He's happy that yeah. I'm throwing them on the golf course.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny how things work like that.
3: <laughs> yeah, I know. What's a place that uh, you guys have been that's kind of unique? Because I'm always looking for something. Like I said, I've got three kids, would love to get them in the car and, and go see some things that are unique. You
0: bet. Well, speaking of golf, the one thing we talked about earlier in the episode, uh, one of mine was actually Honey Creek down in Southern Iowa. Yeah. I have not been uh, there That's yet. a pretty fun golf course. If you haven't played that one. I have not. Yeah. It's, it's, it's challenging. It's really, it's just gorgeous uh, layout and the property itself is just a really beautiful. It kind of feels like you're playing in a in a nature preserve almost. Um, and then the lake next to it and the resort and everything is, is a pretty cool place. It's not pretty been in the
3: resort. I've been to the resort for a conference and it was beautiful. And I thought, I can't, I'm coming back here to golf and I just haven't done it
0: yet. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good one. What about you, Katie. Well, I'm more into the camping scene, I know.
1: Yes, I, <laughs> I love water. So truly anywhere where there's water, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a happy girl.
3: Lakes, yeah. water trails, anything, you'll.
1: Yeah, all of the above.
3: Good. Yeah, well, We have yeah. a lot of those opportunities here. That's good.
0: Yeah, we're pretty fortunate. With it. Honestly, we talked about that with our earlier guest, Amy, from the, the tourism office. Just um, a lot of the, the stuff in Iowa is it's pretty close. It's, it is pretty open and e- easy to get to. It's pretty affordable as well, especially if you have a family. Um, we're pretty fortunate in that regard.
3: Yeah, absolutely. We have a great state to be in. You know, I get an opportunity to travel quite a bit. I grew up, uh, my mom's a travel agent. And back um, in the day, for internet travel, booking, yeah. uh, places sent travel agents and their families to their resorts and to their locations because that's how they got to sell it. And uh, so I've been a lot of cool places, but I can tell you there's nothing quite like Iowa. Always, you know, I always feel very fortunate to be from here, seeing some of the other cities I've been to. Um, just a great place to grow up, raise kids, and, and to live. So,
1: yeah, absolutely.
3: Once you get used to the weather here, <laughs> you're here, here forever. Yeah, all four seasons—that's for sure. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's
0: uh, right. Well, Dustin, thank you very much for hopping on the square. We really appreciate your time and lending your expertise and your thoughts. And um, I'm sure we'll catch up with you soon.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate the time and uh, and having you guys talk to me. And I look forward to seeing you here at the upcoming conferences and otherwise.
0: Yeah, sounds good.
3: Yeah. All righty, you guys take thank care. You.
1: Thanks. All right, Mickey, that ends another episode of The Square. I think um, I need to put in some time off for <laughs> yeah. after our episode today.
0: <laughs> All this talk about travel is like, i got to look at my vacation yep. allotment here and <laughs> figure out how to use, use some of those hours and get out and around the state. Yes. Well, as always, everybody, thank you for listening and um, sending your feedback to The Square at iowaleague.org and stay up to date on all the latest league information at iowaleague.org as well as league weekly our weekly e-newsletter take care everybody